listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, as I've said many times before, sports are the greatest reality show invented. You can script everything but the outcome, and that's why this time of year is so much fun. And in our complex world, there are objective truths, there are personal feelings. And our job tonight and every night is to make sure you don't confuse the two. And on that note, I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And I want to remind you that Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Tonight, we quickly recap last week in the NFL because it will leave clues as to what we might expect in week eight and beyond. I mean, how about those Bengals? How about those Raiders? Did you see that coming? In about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Las Vegas royalty Dave Sherapan as we'll chop up the college football landscape because Tuesday, that's the first official rankings for this goofy playoff, this made-for-TV reality show that they call a playoff. But the rankings are Tuesday, and remember... There's never been a situation where the initial rankings, the initial Final Four, became the official Final Four. If you follow that, you're a better man than I am. But we'll speculate on the made-for-phony TV playoff reality show. And uh, after Brian Finley's update, we'll continue with Dave Sherpan. We'll look ahead to Week 8 and what is a very busy NFL card. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience as such. People want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Ham Lake, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. A few quick hitters from week seven that I think are worth noting. The Raiders beat the Eagles 33-22. to And listen, the Raiders have been in the headlines for, frankly, all the wrong reasons. But just when it looked like Derek Carr had plateaued, He completed 31 of 34 passes for 323 and two touchdowns last week. Not only that, he spread the ball among seven different players or receivers who caught at least three passes, despite the Raiders playing without their running back, Josh Jacobs, and their tight end, Darren Waller. So as Kansas City continues to nosedive in the AFC East with that brutal defense that couldn't stop an ice cream truck, the Raiders... Don't change that dial. The Raiders have rolled to the top of the division. The Raiders are in first place in the AFC West. All right. That is something to continue to watch. Now, Thursday night, the Cardinals lost to Green Bay, but the week before, they beat the Texans 31-5. to Well, what's notable about that week, they didn't need any receivers. They seem like they're pretty well set, but they went out and added tight end Zach Ertz, who that night caught three passes for 66 yards, plus a touchdown in his first game with Arizona. And what's interesting is he looked very healthy and looked very fresh and fast. He outraced three defensive backs to the end zone. So, yes, Arizona lost Thursday night to Green Bay. So they're no longer the – well, there are no more undefeated teams in the NFL. All right? And Arizona's off to a fabulous start, but we've talked about this before, and I think they're very good. It's a shame J.J. Watt had to get hurt. Uh, it looks like he's out for the year, but just because you start out six and zero and you're the you know the last man standing undefeated team, does not guarantee future performance. We've talked about this since 1990. Only the 2006 
Indianapolis Colts, quarterback by Peyton Manning, they were the last undefeated team for a season that year, and they were the only one in 30 years to go on and actually win a Super Bowl. Uh, and believe it or not, since 1990, only 50% of the teams who actually became or they were the last standing undefeated team actually went on to win a playoff game. If you don't believe me, remember last year the Pittsburgh Steelers, well, they were 11-0, didn't win a playoff game. So a lot of football ahead of us. Past performance does not guarantee future success. How about the Rams? The Lions covered, just like I said they would. And give Dan Campbell credit. They, you know, they had a fake punt on fourth and eight in the third quarter. Dan Campbell rolled the dice. The Lions converted. And it looked like their upset was real. It certainly was possible. That drive, unfortunately, ended without a score. And there's a huge discrepancy in talent on that field. And that finally caught up with Detroit. But uh, they scored first. Uh, the Lions scored first. And then the recovered the onside kick. Give Detroit a lot of credit. We're going to get into this later. We're going to be here till 3 a.m. The Lions are three-and-a-half-point dogs tomorrow at home against Philadelphia, who did not look very good here last week against the Raiders. But you know how that goes in the NFL. You don't look good one week, and you look much better the following week. Having said that, uh, teams that are 0-7, which the Lions are, historically, NFL teams that are 0-7 cover 64% of the time in the uh, in, in week eight, uh, and they're getting points, and they're home, and they play hard. And I, you know, I think there's a handful of people who've actually predicted the Lions are going to win out right tomorrow. I don't really know why they say that. The Lions might win out right tomorrow, but I think even Doug Gottlieb predicted the Lions are going to win out right tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. I mentioned the Bengals. It's official. The Bengals are for real. They beat the living snot out of the Baltimore Ravens last week when every trend angle. Bit of information pointed towards Baltimore heading into a bye. All, everything. Baltimore had been 9-1 and one in their last 10 divisional games. And the Bengals are for real. Uh, this is the same defense that stifled Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert the week before. Uh, Joe Burrow threw for 416 yards and three touchdowns. Nearly half of that production went to his former college teammate, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, 201 yards. You know what? Give management credit. They listened to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow got his guy and Lamar in Jamar Chase. And that connection alone should get everybody's attention in the AFC because, uh, and, and obviously, uh, the uh, Bengals, you would expect they win tomorrow. They're a double-digit favorite on the road against the Jets. But football's played in three phases. They look good in all three phases. And Joe Burrow to, Lamar Chase, uh, to Jamar Chase looks exceptionally good. The Packers have won two games in the last five days. Uh, they beat the Washington football team 24-10. Then they beat the aforementioned Arizona Cardinals Thursday night as six-point underdogs. Believe it or not, Aaron Rodgers has not been great as an underdog in his career, but I don't care. I grabbed the points Thursday night, and I, would, I did not regret it. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, even without Devontae Adams, they've got weapons. Uh, it's a shame Robert Tanyan, he's out for the year. But, again, management listened to Aaron Rodgers. He got Aaron – he got uh, – Brandel Cobb, Cobb had two touchdowns, and so back-to-back games now, and uh, not for nothing. I think this is I think this is very noteworthy. Just a quick aside, a quick non sequitur. Uh, you know, obviously all the lo- all the talk about Rodgers not playing anymore in Green Bay, not showing up. That song since sailed, and I think he'll be back next year. 
But what a combination he's got going with Matt LaFleur. Heading into this season, they were 26-6. and six. Now, Matt LaFleur has the distinction of being the winningest coach through his first 40 games in the NFL. And I'm talking about some pretty good company. George Seifert, who won a Super Bowl with the uh, San Francisco 49ers, taking over for Bill Walsh. Seifert was 32-8 and eight in his first 40 games. Chuck Knox, remember Ground Chuck? Uh, great Los Angeles Rams teams and Seattle Seahawks teams. He was also 32-8 and eight, uh, in his first 40 games. And by the way, if you're scoring at home, and I hope you are, that's an 800 winning percentage. Matt LaFleur, ding, 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 33-7 and seven in his first 40 games with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. The winning his coach in the Super Bowl era through 40 games. And not for nothing, he's a very tidy 27-13 against the spread. So he's also the most profitable coach since becoming the Packers head coach in 2019. I love it. I like it when Green Bay's good. I like it when Aaron Rodgers is good. This is going to be a fun playoff tournament come January. The NFC is going to get very crowded. The Falcons uh, beat the Dolphins last week, 30-28. to 28. The moral of the story is Miami suffers another heartbreaker. They lose on a walk-off field goal. Uh, I'm going to defend Tua Tagovailoa later in the program. I'm sick of this kid being bashed. You'd be surprised statistically how much better he's done than other uh, you know, rookie quarterbacks, second-year quarterbacks uh, who are in the league that are not having success. I'll give you real numbers, okay? As I said, there are objective truths and personal feelings. Don't be hating on Tua. He hasn't had a lot to work with. He had two horrible injuries to, to, to start his career. And what has that done? The reason I brought that game up is all that has done is really spawn all this talk about Deshaun Rodgers ending up in Miami. Do I think it's going to happen? Now, Tuesday's November 2nd. That's the trade deadline. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. But that doesn't mean it's not. I think it's about a 90%er. It's not. Now, it could happen. But there are multiple reasons it's not worth going into. And I, I just don't think it's he's going to end up with the Dolphins. I think they're going to roll with Tua. And let the kid throw deep. He, he had no problem throwing deep at Alabama. He can. He can do a lot more than he's being allowed to do. Uh, take the governor off of this kid. I think he's a good kid, good person, solid citizen. And I'm tired of seeing him getting bashed. He just needs opportunity He's just getting out of the blocks. Speaking of opportunity, I said since last April, Mac Jones was the closest, most ready, NFL ready. New England runs it up on the Jets 54-13 last week. And uh, Bill Belichick, you know, the Patriots, you, you've had a, a missed field goal, dorked a field goal against Tampa Bay. You had the fumble against Miami week one. You had three games where Miami got ripped out in the last set, or check that, in New England, or they would be a lot better. Uh, I mean, instead of three and four, they they were they're a whisker, honestly, from being five and two or six and one. They're an interesting club, uh, and the Jets unfortunately are hapless now. They don't have uh, Zach Wilson, but uh, the the Patriots showed some offense last week: thirty-one first downs, five hundred and fifty-one total yards. And get this: not only did New England not turn the ball over the entire game, which is noteworthy, they uh they didn't or they punted once. That's how you win football games. All right. The the New York Giants continue to me to be a team that's a complete enigma. Daniel Jones is not having that bad of a year. But unfortunately, the Panthers, who started out 3-0, they've come crashing back to earth. They're, they basically tore through the soft part of their schedule early. The Giants, when you lose to the Giants 25-3, let's just say you got problems. And that's uh, 
you know, it's about as pathetic as it gets uh, when you are averaging four-point yards per pass attempt. I'm referring to Sam Donald, Darnold. Now, I'm not a Sam Darnold basher, but when you're averaging 4.4 yards per pass attempt, and the way that statistic, as you know, is is calculated, is obviously they take the number of passes you attempt divided and they, they divide that into the number of yards you've completed. And if you're not up around seven, eight, nine, you're, it, that just tells us you're, unfortunately, you're not keeping your eyes downfield and you're not, you know, you're not a threat to a defense. Uh, meanwhile, Chuba Hubbard averages a whopping two point yards per carry, and Carolina was only two of 13 on third downs. And this is against the New York Giants, not the 1987 New York Giants with Lawrence Taylor and Phil Sims. The, the 19, although I do think this team could probably beat that team. You got to remember, most of those guys are in their 50s now. All right, I'm here all week, folks. Open up for Shecky Green and the Catskills Tuesday. Uh, ugly game, Carolina and and the Giants. And, yes, they miss Christian McCaffrey. And now, wait, say it ain't so, Joe. They're talking about they may trade Christian McCaffrey. They were willing to trade Christian McCaffrey as long as Deshaun Watson was coming back. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. Tuesday is the uh, trade deadline. All right, coming up, we're going to bring him a gentleman. You follow him on uh, Twitter at SportsBKConsig, Sports Consigliere, my man Dave Sherapan, longtime sportsbook veteran. And we're going to get a double shot with Dave because uh, we're going to talk about college football. Obviously, you've got your first rankings Tuesday. We had some action today. And it's kind of interesting because uh, when you look at how the teams are ranked, if you rank them in a way based on their probability of winning the national championship like they did here in Las Vegas involving oh, the Westgate did it, it looks a little different. But be that as it may, I've got my thoughts on who I think the top four are. We'll see who Dave thinks the top four are. We'll see where the money's coming in. And uh, we'll speculate on some on some potential lines and some potential matchups. And then uh, after Brian Finley's update, what we're going to do is dive right into this NFL slate talk about some games uh for uh, that that we're well, they're kicking off here in about oh, 10 hours and and 45 minutes no london game this week so a lot to get to college football and the nfl i'm bernie fratto coming to you live from the las vegas fox sports radio studios this is the pregame show you always wanted so don't go away you're listening to straight out of vegas Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, We've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday. So do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. We are just getting started. Let's bring in a gentleman. Known this guy for about a decade here in Vegas. One of the great ones. Greatest thing to come out of Pittsburgh since Joe Namath and the Marcells and their famous hit Blue Moon. Let's say hello to Dave Sherapan. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Bernie, what is going on, man? Um, 
I'm just excited to be here. Stayed up late. You know it's going to be lit. It always is when you're on. And um, we're ready to go. I mean, wherever you want to lead this conversation, I'm good to go. Yeah, we're going to keep you for two segments, Dave, because we're that busy. And I want to start with college football because, Dave, obviously Tuesday is the first uh, ranking of the, you know, sort of the playoff uh, made-for-TV drama that's not really a playoff. But, Dave, I want to start. I'm going to fire out of the gate. I'd like to get yours, too. My my first four would be Georgia, Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Cincinnati. Who would be yours? Bernie, so many times we've sat in a book in Vegas and talked and gone back and forth and debated the, the merits of both the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Detroit Lions and all the other things in between. Agree, disagree, we've been there. I agree with your four right to the number. I mean, I don't know, to keep it fair, how is it anyone but those four? Well, see, I'm in agreement with you, Dave, because winning football games has to matter for something. Georgia's undefeated. Oklahoma's undefeated. Now, Michigan State remains undefeated. They have a top 10 uh, you know, victory in their in their corner in Cincinnati. That Notre Dame victory is looking much better. And I didn't even mention Wake Forest, Dave. What do we do with Wake Forest? They're eight and zero, and they're part of a Power Five conference. What happens yeah, if they run the table? They're not going to run the table. First of all, I don't think we need to worry about putting Wake Forest up there just because they're undefeated. But those four have earned it. Those four. I think right now deserve it because, I mean, in reality, are those going to be the four standing at the end? No. Alabama's going to find their way in Mm. one way or the other. And, I mean, is it going to be Ohio State? Let's have a little little fun with this because if Ohio State and Oregon both end up with one loss, who do you pick? Oregon's got the road win at Ohio State without their best player. What do you do? (laughs) Well, you know what you should do. But if we're going to make a line burn and go back and forth, I'm going to make Ohio State minus like 250 over Oregon, despite the fact that they lost to them at home, because they're going to go to that, well, it was early, it was out of conference, it was, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they're going to put Ohio State in because it's it's the Ohio State. They travel. They It's a Mm. business. And I'm not saying yep. it's right, yep. but we've seen it before, and that's the way it's going to go. You, you nailed it. It's show business. It's TV. Here's where it gets interesting, Dave, and I was looking forward to having you on tonight because the Westgate this past week said it'd be much easier to really make the rankings if you just allowed Vegas because you'd weigh them against their betting odds to win a national championship. For instance, heading into today, Michigan State was 80-1. to Cincinnati's 30-1. to the Westgate would not have them in the Final Four because Georgia was plus 105, Bama plus 240, Ohio State 7-1, Oklahoma 12-1, and oh, by the way, Oregon 6-1. So you bring up an excellent point. And by the way, if uh, one of the things, Dave, let's have a little more fun with this, and I think this makes your Wake Forest point. So let's say Wake Forest is undefeated. They're on the table at the end of the year. And, uh, and Alabama... Uh, beats Georgia, so they don't get the second loss. You put Bama with one loss against Wake Forest, who's undefeated on a neutral. What do you make that line? (laughs) Bama's probably what, 17? Uh, Oh, I was thinking 24 minimum. 
Okay. I was thinking. I'm I was talking about thinking a neutral now, though. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, it's it's uh, it's got to. Who's going to bet Wake in that situation? I think. Oh, maybe some slappies. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think there'd be much interest. To be perfectly honest, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it, it's so interesting because I know all those years in the book, I never once looked at the rankings. I never looked at the rankings. That was something we heard from the other side of the counter. Oh, this team's, you know, ranked eighth in the country, and why are they a, why are they a three point dog? I mean, like Wisconsin played Iowa today, and all I heard all week was, "Geez, I was ranked in the top ten, and Wisconsin's not even ranked, but Wisconsin's a three and a half point favorite, right? Because they're probably going to win, and they're probably going to cover the spread, which they did. So, asking." Um, Oddsmakers and, and books to kind of have a say, to kind of maybe give some dose of reality to the rankings. I think it would only improve the playoff burn. And if they expand it, yes. they should do it for sure. Well, a million percent. All right, let's have a little bit more fun. Let's take two undefeated teams. So, because I, I get your point, uh, Wake's offense is pretty prolific. I got it. Dave Clawson's really done a hell of a job. That Sam Hartman's tougher than a $2 stake. But if you put Wake Forest and Cincinnati on a neutral, what do you make that line? Mm, a lot closer. Uh, what, a touchdown? Okay, Maybe. wow. That's, so you, wow, Wake would be getting seven. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, now you put yeah. Cincinnati. Okay, let's say you put Cincinnati and Michigan State on a neutral. What do you make that line? Michigan State, Bernie, is, is one of the biggest – um, I think debatable teams in risk rooms, odds makers, minds all over. Can't get a feel for them. I mean, how were they dogs today? And yet they were down 16 and looked like, you know, Michigan had complete control of that game. And then they come back and they win the game. I don't know. I think, oh, man, that's a tough one. Michigan State small favorite? I would make them a small favorite because of their conference play, but let's get back to a dose of reality because you kind of really we were kind of buried the lead and you kind of mentioned it with Wake Forest. Michigan State closes out their schedule at Ohio State, then back home versus Penn State, back-to-back weeks. What is the reality of Michigan State not only running the table but then winning the Big Ten championship game? What I mean, what would you put those odds at? Wow. That's a big three-team parlay, is it yes. not? Yes, yes. That's a big three-team parlay. And, and only because, not because they can't beat Penn State, and not because they wouldn't be able to beat, which looks like it's going to be Wisconsin on the other side. Right, can you believe it? Uh, no, I can't. I, what the I hell happened to Iowa? My like, God. <laughs> well, that was a team that I think we thought – they weren't as good as they looked. And then, I mean, if Penn State, if Clifford doesn't get hurt, the Penn State probably wins that game and we get Iowa out of the equation, so to say, earlier. But I don't know, man. Michigan State, there might be some magic up there, bro. Like, you were there, right, when they oh, were yeah. good. I mean, oh, the, yeah. the places, it can happen. It could happen. Well, they're pretty solid in all three phases, but I think the reality dictates that gauntlet might be a bit much, and I think Ohio State's a real deal. So we just started out real quickly, Dave. So gun to head. I gave my first four who I think they'll be Tuesday, but I think when all when it shakes out five weeks from now, 
My final four will be Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Sorry, I know it's chalky as hell. I just think that's where we're ending up, and I think I feel, I'm feel sick about Cincinnati. I just think, to your point, it's a TV show, and they're going to get aced out again. Your thoughts? Unless somebody beats Oklahoma. Fair. I think that's, I, I, I think that's your four that you said. But first one, what, what do they call that when we do the, uh, the NCAA tournament? Last in, first out. Or oh, the yeah, ones first on the yeah, bubble. Yeah, the, yes. Yeah. Since he's that team. And, and believe me, I would love to see them get in. But if there's going to be any argument against them, they're not going to get in. Um, but I think somebody needs to beat Oklahoma. I don't think anyone left on Ohio State schedule is going to beat them. But you know the way this Big Ten plays out, right? Michigan goes to lose Michigan State. Michigan will beat Ohio State, right? Something will happen. Uh, they're going to be a seven-point dog at home. I, I can't see it. I, well, you know, that's a conversation for a different day. Hold that thought, Dave, because I want to flip to the NFL, and there's one okay. major question I have when we resume. But first, hey, let's go to the man. He's the pride of the Padres, the founder of the Friendly Fanatics. It's Brian <laughs> Finley with the latest. Thank you so much, Bernie. Let's begin Game 4 of the World Series in Atlanta, where the Braves took it to the Astros 3-2. Atlanta scoring three unanswered runs, and a 2-2 tie in the seventh was broken thanks to Jorge Soler, seventh-inning solo shot. Also, notably, Houston's Alex Bregman, 0-for-5 at the dish. He also had two strikeouts. As far as college football in some of the later finishing games, number 25, BY. IU takes down Virginia 66 to 49 in a shootout. Cougars Tyler Algeyer had five rushing scores. Fresno State pulls off the upset against number 21 San Diego State 30 to 20. So the Aztecs lose their first game of the season. Bulldogs running back Jordan Mims 29 carries 186 yards. He had two scores. Fifth ranked Ohio State holds on against number 20 Penn State 33 to 24. The Buckeyes made four field goals. Number 21 no. Notre Dame gets the job done against North Carolina, 44-34. Kyron Williams, 199 yards rushing for the Fighting Irish. He also had a touchdown. He was averaging nine yards per tote. Houston slashing number 19 SMU, 44-37. Marcus Jones, under a minute to go in this game, a kickoff return for a touchdown as the Cougs get the job done. Number 15, Oklahoma State sandblasting Kansas, 55-3. Mississippi State Mike Leach get a win against 12th-ranked Kentucky, 31-17. State quarterback Will Rogers completing 36 of 39 passes. And there was that other side note where UK had four turnovers. 18th-ranked Auburn at home gets the job done against 10th-ranked Ole Miss, 31-20. Bo Nix was responsible for three touchdowns. And finally, a game I know Bernie Fratto is watching. Michigan, Michigan State. Spartans Kenneth Walker, the third five touchdown runs as the the eighth-ranked Spartans hang on against number six Michigan, 37 to 33. So a big win in East Lansing as they send it back to a man who has spent many years in Michigan. That would be our guy, Bernie Fratto. All right, thanks so much, Brian. All right, we're joined by Dave Sherpan, longtime sportsbook uh, director here in Las Vegas. Follow him on Twitter at sportsbkcansig. Dave, I want to start with the uh, elephant in the room. For three straight weeks, I think the books. It's been a little bit rough, uh, partly because favorites continue to cover. What are your thoughts on that phenomenon in the last three weeks? Well, the last the last week, some books actually got above ground and, and, and made a little bit of money. It was because it wasn't so much favorite dominated. But the two weeks before that were bad and really bad. 
um, because, you know, September was really good. Um, there was a lot of guesswork. There were a lot of we were trying to figure out who's good, who's not, and then there weren't so many obvious spots to go against um, certain teams. And then, you know, it came back. So as, as much as the bookmakers and sports books were planning – you know, trips to the Caribbean in February after the Super Bowl based on the September results. It all came back to reality a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Teasers have been an issue, Bar. Um, the yes. value of teasers has definitely uh, changed. And I think because the information is all out there and because the numbers, the league dictates that there aren't blowouts anymore, where, you know, teams used to really – beat a team and cover the teaser, or a dog would win outright and cover the teaser. Um, games are falling around the numbers, and now you can tease both sides, and and it falls, let alone the totals. Um, it's been really tough, and, you know, books have, have gone on the offensive and started to charge ridiculous prices for the teasers. Some books have actually limited and stopped taking two-team teasers. I can't believe it because – you know, back in, in the day, you know, when I was down in the in the Caribbean doing my thing, we had six-point even money teasers, Bernie, mm-hmm. and we couldn't write that, enough yep. of them. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And um, that's that was a big part of our business, and, and we did very well to them. Well, people didn't understand the math back then. When you were crossing, you know, through three, four, six, seven, et cetera, uh, you'd have knuckleheads uh, tease, you know, 10 to 16 and say, well, they're not going to beat them by that much. But you bring up an excellent point, Dave, because when the favorites – uh, win outright, even if they don't cover, they keep the teasers alive and people string those teasers together and money line parlays. And it's, I've, I've likened it to throwing a pebble in the palm where the ripples just go on forever. And that's what really starts yeah. to hit, hit the sports books. Um, Dave, I want to do a little rapid fire fashion. I want to hit some games with you tomorrow. Um, Tennessee at Indianapolis. Tennessee, very impressive coming off a couple of outright wins as home dogs. I think they could be in a little bit of trouble tomorrow. This Tennessee defense is not stellar. What are your thoughts on the game? I agree with you. Um, I think it's as much a play maybe against Tennessee as it is on Indianapolis. Um, rough start to the season. Uh, Wentz, you know, breaking both ankles or spraining both ankles. I never heard of a guy doing that, but he did. And the last couple of weeks, man, they've been they've been getting right. They go win that big game in San Francisco, and, and every excuse to not do it. Dome team outside in a torrential downpour mm. against a desperate team coming off a bye. And they go and win the game, and now they're at home. It's a short number against a division rival who they have to beat to catch. I think it sets up perfectly for the Colts. I like Indianapolis. So do I. And, of course, uh, it's a revenge from Week 3 when Tennessee won 23-16. It looks like the Karsten Wentz experiment might be working. He's actually gone four straight games with multiple TD passes and no interceptions. A game that's curious for a lot of reasons. New York Giants at Kansas City. Kansas City laying 10. They're 3-15 and 15 against the number of their last 18. Dave, did you know the New York Giants are 18-4 and four against the number as a road dog since 2017? That's 82%. How do you, how do you lay double digits with the Chiefs? With that defense, it's given up seven yards of play. You can't. I think. I think this is Giants or pass. And uh, I mean, you want to talk about a team that's like hard. We were talking about it in the first segment with Michigan State. Kansas City is favored every game they play, regardless of the results on the field or where the game is being played. 
They're favored on the road. They're favored at home. They lose the week before. They're favored by more points the week after in this situation. It makes no sense, but people continue to bet them. People continue to put them in teasers. And you look at it, you go, oh, Kansas City's going to get right. Monday night, Giants got to go on the road 18-4, and Burke. That's I didn't realize it was that good as a road dog. As a road dog, yeah. Yeah, I th- I think that's Giants or nothing. Uh, and by the way, the Chiefs another issue. Uh, Seventeen turnovers leads the NFC. Real yeah. quickly, Dave, a couple things. Uh, which decision tomorrow is the biggest one for the sports books? Well, there's a couple. Um, I I can't see anyone or heard anyone that says the Jets are in action tomorrow. Like there, we used to say at the counter, number bet number two sixty two, which is the Jets rotation number, doesn't work because nobody's betting it. You haven't heard it all week, so that's one of them. Um, the Rams had, had opened fourteen; it's up to sixteen, sixteen and a half in places. That's another one that, like no one, and rightly so, here is taking Houston in the game. Um, your team. The Detroit Lions. Yep. Burn, I got a, I, I have a, a, an affection for them because of Billy Sims. He was my first, like, cool guy. And, you know, the Lions played on Thanksgiving, so they were always my NFC team. But my affinity for them grew in the book because we needed them every single week. Every single week for, like, five years. You, you, the game's <laughs> kicking. You go, who do we need? We need the Lions again. Need the Lions again. Well, tomorrow, we're, the books are going to need the Lions again. Although they seem like a little bit of a public dog because they're playing another really bad team who's favored, laying three and a half points on the road in the Eagles. But, man, I mean, that's another game I think is it, that, you know, the books will be very happy with a Detroit outright win. Back to the Jets. What They're averaging 13 points per game this season. They don't have Zach Wilson tomorrow. It's my understanding they haven't scored a single point the first quarter in any game this season thus far. The last team to do that, of course, the 2008 Detroit Lions, the team I covered, that went 0-16. Dave, let's talk about your Steelers and and Browns. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, Pittsburgh has allowed 100-plus yards rushing for their last five games. Uh, Is this a get-right game for Cleveland, or does Pittsburgh step up tomorrow? I think – Baker Mayfield is going to tell us early uh, his condition. And Pittsburgh's defense has been, I think, pretty good, uh, removing all bias. Um, They're going to give up some rushing yards, but they've been really good in the red zone. And they're off a bye. And Tomlin put to bed all of the rumors of him going to USC and everything else. So... I think it's a good spot for Pittsburgh to cover the yes, spread. Anything over three, I think. Yeah, I think that I think they're live to cover the spread. And when I do that, I think you know it's worth maybe a shot on the money line. But I, I think the spread over three favors Pittsburgh to me. I'm with you. I'm with you. I already grabbed the Steelers plus five and a half for half a unit. All right, final game, Dave. I want you to comment on. I can't get my mind around this one. Dallas visits Minnesota. The Cowboys. 6-0 and against the number this year. They're coming off a bye week. Minnesota also had a bye week. First and foremost, I'm told Dak Prescott will play. Will he play? Wow. That's going <laughs> to 
that's going to really cause some movement tomorrow if that's the case. I think you better take three tonight, Vern, if you can, because if he plays, it's going to flip back to Dallas the favorite, which it opened. Yes. Um, Benny Morgan has spoken that he's not playing. I mean, that's that's what this move to you know Minnesota minus three means. And if I was betting based on the information that I've heard, I would say he's not. But okay. when Bernie Fratto tells me that Dak Prescott is playing, I think I may need to change my mind. And not that it can't change. I'm told it's an injury. He can play. He says he feels fine. And I think there, there's a little bit of gamesmanship here. Full disclosure, Dave, I'm not touching that game. The Vikings, if you've watched them this year, Dave, I know you you got your finger on the pulse and all these things. Self-inflicted wounds like missed field goals and other mishaps have really prevented mm-hmm. Minnesota from being at the top of their division. I can't back them, even though Mike Zimmer in his career has been great against the number. I can't back this team. You don't know what you're getting with Kirk Cousins when he's 1-7 and seven against the number when facing a team coming off a bye. Oh, man. That's where all indications are to just maybe watch the World Series, Fern. Like, what are we going to do Sunday night? I'm going to watch the World Series, and I'm going to take the kids trick-or-treating. And I'm not going to worry about Nicely done. The there you the go. There you go. Either that or maybe I'll watch The Fish You Saved Pittsburgh. Oh, I love that movie. What's not the to fish. love? Stalker Channing. Oh, great. Julius oh, Irving. Amazing. Pisces, Dave, oh, baby. Pisces. Oh, always a <laughs> look at you. Dave, always a pleasure. Uh, let's have you on again uh, before the college football playoff starts. We'll cover both like we do. Always appreciate all that you do here in Vegas. Keep up the great work. You do the same, Burn. Love the book and uh, keep it lit, my man. Keep it lit. Thanks so much, folks. Uh, Dave, that's Dave Sherapan and uh, longtime sports book director here uh, in Las Vegas. And he's got a great sense of humor. We just didn't have a chance to really dive too much into that tonight. Coming up, we close down the show with some odds and ends. Mattress Mac is at it again. We've got Game 5 of the World Series and uh, much, much more. But Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. and take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. And before I go any further... I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. It'd be Ricky Herrera, who's in for Bo Benson tonight, Chris Perfett, and Brian Finley on the updates. Could not deliver this fine show to a grateful nation without your teamwork back in Los Angeles. Well, the Atlanta Braves, one game away from winning their first World Series since 1995. It's been quite a year for them. They were basically 500 and early August, but that's the way it works. It's uh, not who the best team is. It's who's playing best at the end, and they've overcome a lot. And to knock off a very talented Houston Astro team would be quite an accomplishment. I'm not sure why Dusty can't get it done in the postseason. We saw this with the 0-2 Giants. We saw it with the Cubs. Everybody loves Dusty. His legacy is secure, but he's done everything but win the big one. For what it's worth, uh, in the history of the World Series, there have been 90 occasions where the where someone's gone up three games to one. 
And in those instances, the team who's up three games to one, 76 and 14, 84%. So history favors the uh, Atlanta Braves, but I would not be surprised if Houston won tomorrow. They're a short favorite, plus, uh, minus 111, uh, to take the, take the series back to Houston. But uh, the Braves are a very resilient bunch, and much to the chagrin, I think, of probably Mattress Mac. Uh, you know Mattress Mac, the famous furniture mogul here in Houston, who's a very interesting guy. Uh, he likes to bet millions on his home teams every year, the Astros. And over the course of this past season, he actually accumulated almost $3.4 million in wagers on Houston to win the World Series. And if Houston should win the World Series, he would collect a little over $35 million. But he decided not to hedge. He could have hedged. He could have bet against Houston at any time and got his money back and insured his bet. But by his own admission, quote, that would be like betting against one of my own children. So he didn't do it. And uh, he will end up uh, probably paying uh, the point, you know, paying the price, obviously, we know now this uh, season will mark the 21st consecutive year without a repeat World Series champion. The last occurrence was the Yankees in 2000. The last National League team to repeat were, were the uh, Cincinnati Reds 1976, the Big Red Machine. This this you know series, these playoff series, and by the way, Atlanta had to beat Milwaukee uh, and uh, the Do- a very tough Dodger team. So they, w- they will have earned it, right? And give it up to guys like Eddie Rosario, who was 14-25, who an incredible, great postseason performance. So, hey, we'll see what happens. You still got to knock them out tomorrow, game five in, uh, in Atlanta, and we'll see what happens. All right, we're going to be with you till 3 a.m., so don't go anywhere. I'm Bernie Fratto. That's going to do it for Straight Out of Vegas. Next up, Fox Sports Sunday rolls on right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 